You're listening to Proverbs and Parables, Episode 1, Part 2, where we talk about James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. To find Part 1, check out the description below. We hope you enjoy the rest of this podcast. We don't want to get on the Feast of Heaven tangent, but that was a fun conversation. That was a fun conversation. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So funny. Um, oh. I, you want to move on to, to verse 5? <laughs> We're four verses in, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's sure. keep the ball rolling. Uh, you want okay. me to read it? Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. So this is, again, James chapter 1, verse 5 hmm. um, in the CSB. Um, this is verse 5. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the doubter is like the surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. Dude, this... It's already getting real, James. This chunk of verse called me out. You know, when we were talking about this, you asked me, just like, so what stood out to you? I was just like, honestly, I said verse six through eight. James is saying, you know, if you lack wisdom, wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Hey, yo. So if you, okay. So anyone who lacks wisdom, let him ask God and he will give it generously to you without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. Mm. That's really hard to do. Mm. Ask in faith with no doubting. We as humans, we like to doubt. Mm. We like to say, well, what if it's wrong? What if this isn't right? You know what I mean? I feel like anytime I'm praying for wisdom or praying for anything, honestly, there's always uh, a doubt mm. in my head that I'm just like, oh, see, I doubted. So now it's not going to happen. Now I got to start all over again. Dear Lord, please, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Ah, But it's, it's crazy. Let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is a wave of the seed tossed from the wind. Mm. For the person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. You can't expect not to receive anything from the Lord. Yeah. You can't be double-minded. What There's is no it, room. What does it mean to be double-minded in, in your to, understanding of the scripture? Like to trust God, mm-hmm. but then also to doubt God. You know? Yeah. I believe God is going to provide for me. But then I'm like inside, how am I going to do this? How Mm -hmm. am I going to, how am I, how am I, how am I? When I should be asking, how is he, how is he, how is he going to provide for me? Mm, That's good. It sounds like it, like for me, like I totally agree. Like double-mindedness is, you feel this way, but at the same time, you also feel this way. And those things are contrary. And I, I think it's following James's theme of there are there are two priorities you know scripture talks elsewhere about the spirit and the flesh and how they are in some ways opposed in their desires you know the heart longs to be with the father but the flesh longs to make a kingdom here on earth Mm. and that's double-mindedness there are two goals that cannot be both realized in full and it goes back to thinking about well your role in the kingdom and your role on earth well you have roles in both of those things but if your priorities for them are the same, you're never going to achieve either one. Yeah. And so and then there's something to be said there about if you're not chasing God, but you know that he's there. And I mean, this is a whole conversation I don't want to drift into about like lukewarm Christianity. We don't have time for that right now. Right. Yeah. But like if you you know God and you've committed to him through a confession of faith and you, you consider yourself a practicing Christian, but you're really intent on building up a kingdom on earth, I got bad news. You're never going to get there. Even if it's your number one priority, like Proverbs, and again, I don't want to go off on tangents, but Proverbs talks a lot about three kinds of people, the fool, the foolish, 
the simple and the wise. The simple are people who don't know any better, so they can't do any better. Mm -hmm. The foolish are people who know better and choose not to do better. And the wise are who know better and do better. And I think the foolish people are a a good parallel here for being double-minded. Knowing the goodness of God and knowing what he's offering and still choosing otherwise. You know? Mm -hmm. Sorry, that was... I meant to just jump in for a second. That was so good. That was so good. Real quick, while I'm being annoying and jumping in too much, there is a quote that I sent to Michael yesterday Oh, that I think... Oh! I don't think God makes any mistakes. Oh! Um, so here at GCU, uh, Michael and I are both students, uh, as you might remember from the first episode. I'm in a class that Michael actually took last semester Yeah, called Christian Character Formation. Oh, so good. Oh, I, I literally told you last semester, like, dude, when you take this, you're going to love it. It's and we're so going to talk good. about it. Oh, my gosh. And now, like, God's using it, like, for his glory. And that's so cool. And I'm so hyped about this. But, okay, so there's a quote in our um, – it's not really a textbook. Uh, my professor, Dr. Amanda Jenkins, 10 out of 10. If you ever go to GCU and you're taking a theology class and she teaches it, take it. And I'm not just trying to suck up. She's probably not going to listen to this, but she's really great. Has a heart for ministry, has a heart for God. The textbook, I say with air quotes, um, that we're using is a book called Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. And the author wrote something in it in uh, chapter four uh, about prayer that I sent to Michael. And I was like, dude, and I didn't plan on sharing it today, but now it's it seems relevant. Hey, yeah. Um, so the, the quote is this. Prayer is like a walkie-talkie for warfare, not a domestic intercom for increasing our conveniences. Oof. Let that sink Wait, in. Wait, say it one more time for the people in the back. Prayer is a walkie-talkie for warfare, not a domestic intercom for increasing our conveniences. Dude. Dude. And like, Michael, when you were when you were talking about um, like doubt and how we ha- when we do ask, we can't ask with doubt. I think asking with doubt is when our prayer becomes an intercom because in it, if you've ever used an intercom you know you push a button you talk through it and then you let go of the button and the message stops the communication is over and it's one-sided yeah the, the intercom doesn't work both ways think like when you're in school and the principal has an announcement they push the intercom button they say the announcement and then they let go of it and you don't get a chance to react to that announcement. Yeah, you don't get a chance to talk back. Yeah. It's but, one-sided. Exactly. But yeah. a walkie-talkie, you know someone has the other one. When you say something on a walkie, it's a question or something they need to know, and then you wait for the response. Mm. And you let go of your button. You know, there, this metaphor goes really Dude, deep. Dude, oh but my like, goodness. Let go yeah. of the talk button and just listen because God wants to respond. Now, sometimes he will respond with silence and that's hard. Yeah. But he's always going to respond to your prayer. It's something he that is talked about in scripture. It's clear that God wants to hear your prayer, accept it, and respond to it. And because response to prayer happens in the spiritual realm and not the, our material realm, like we don't see those things always and again it might seem like silence or it might just be silence and maybe he's trying to tell you to rest or trying to tell you to wait or he's trying to tell you that he wants to answer that but he wants you to persevere in prayer first like he he wants you to keep at it and keep asking if it's something you truly feel is good for the kingdom of god but like anyhow i don't want to get off on tangent about that book because i will talk about that book forever dude Um, but so good dude like your prayer like to do it without doubt is to have walkie-talkie prayer like and maybe that's like something maybe someone can take and 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 wrestle with because it's the the Bible can be really wordy sometimes and I think James is a book that's pretty straightforward and not you know a bunch of big words like stuff that Paul writes I love Paul but man he uses big words it's what I would consider needlessly but that's the words God gave him so we have to read them with that weight if you're a person who when you're reading scripture you're like I don't know what that means man like like, you know, my pastor or the podcast people or my own reading said this and the Holy Spirit gave me this, but I don't know what that means. 
maybe a way for you, I don't want to use the term dumb it down to describe the word of God, but to make it a bit easier for you to comprehend and apply, like have walkie talkie prayer, not intercom prayer Mm. and like encourage others to do the same because as soon as your prayer becomes intercom prayer, you should be able to recognize there's doubt that he's going to respond. And that's a problem that can be fixed. You yeah. Know? Sorry. Tangent number Dude, two. That was awesome. Okay. So what's a biblical example of this doubt? Oh, you know one. Oh, do I? Remember that one guy, Peter? Oh, he's a cool guy. Ah, Dude. The one time he walked on the water. The second ever recorded person in history to ever walk on water. You're telling me a dude who wasn't Jesus walked on water? I... <laughs> Tell me more about that, Michael. Yeah. There's a storm, right? Mm. There's a big storm and the waves are rocky and it's rocking the boat. And I'm pretty sure the ter- uh, disciples were terrified. Mm. Um, so then they saw Jesus walking on water. And then everyone else starts freaking out again because they're just like, oh my goodness, what is this? And then I don't know. I don't really quite remember if Jesus says something. But I know that uh, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. Mm. And then he just says, come. Which also, like, side note, he kind of was talking to all of his disciples that come out of the boat, but only Peter listened, which is like, oh, oh man, the whole, that taking that step of faith, mm. just crazy. But Peter has this faith, and he's walking on water, and he's walking towards Jesus, but then the doubt starts to settle, and mm. he looks around and see all these crashing waves and everything, and it starts to really freak him out. Maybe mm. there's some lightning, maybe there's thunder, maybe just huge gusts of wind coming in too but i feel like wind and lightning and thunder and that kind of doubt for peter can be like financial stress or like maybe not a secure job of like doubt in our lives anyway so going back to the story he's consumed by the doubt Mm. and he literally goes into the water and then god has to or jesus has to walk over and pull him out of the water and rescue him in that moment i feel like peter was just a little double-minded right there and he Mm. didn't fully trust that he could make it to Jesus or that Jesus would totally just take care of him or make the water stable enough for him to walk on mm. in order for him to get to Jesus. Yeah, that oh, I, that story, I didn't fully grasp that story until like really recently in my faith. I tell people I've been a professing Christian for nearly eight years. Like I would have called myself a person who believed in the message of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I've heard that story, I don't know how many times, dude. Like right? Peter walks on water. Oh, and then he messes it up. Bad Peter. And like, like, oh, dang it, Peter. That was how it was always taught to me. But then when I started studying scripture, when I got to school and was blessed to be able to take a minor in biblical study, there's that story's so deep and we don't have time to talk about all the, <laughs> I hope we do one day. My initial thoughts, like at, like as it pertains to what we're actually talking about. Oh my gosh. So like, so Michael, you're telling me that Peter yeah. is the only one of the disciples that answers this call, first of all. Ooh. So like, as we're talking, the reason we give you guys biblical Many examples. Many are called, few will go. We, so... The reason we give you guys biblical examples is not only to edify each other and like more knowledge of scripture if it's something we're not familiar with or we haven't seen in a long time, but it's so that you guys as well as us can model your behavior after the God-pleasing behavior and to stay away from the behavior in scripture that is clearly not what God wants. So that's like with Judas, like you don't want to be like Judas, but you do want to live like Daniel. And like Peter in this case, it can be like, well, do I want to be like Peter or do I not want to be like Peter? And it's, it's a little bit of both. You want to have the faith to answer the call to answer the call to ministry Step or the call to the water. Yeah. To, to uncomfortability and to gospel message, like do take the call and you want to be like Peter in that way. And with that passion that we see elsewhere in Peter's walk with Christ, where it transitions is when Peter starts to doubt. And if you doubt, you're not a bad Christian. You're not a bad person. You're a human being. God anticipates yeah. your doubt. Jesus knew the second he called and Peter came, he, he knew Peter was going to doubt. But that's why Jesus was still walking towards Peter. Hey, yo! You know, like, And that's why when Peter falls into the water and thinks he's going to die and drown, Jesus is like, 
like, no, you're not. I'm right here. I was here the whole time. Ooh. I wasn't going to let you drown, but your your faith needed to be tested in this way for you to see your own doubt. Oh, it's like there's it's like, so much. It's like, it's like the whole Adam story. You know, God like knew where Adam was. In, this is Genesis. But oh. like God called out to Adam, where are you? Where are you? And he was testing Adam to see if he knew where Adam, or yeah. Adam knew where Adam was at. You know? Or Cain. Oh my gosh. Genesis 4. Guys. Dude, oh my goodness. Genesis 4. He does the same thing one generation later to Adam's son, Cain. When Cain kills Abel, spoiler alert if you haven't read it, sorry. (laughs) Cain kills his brother out of frustration that God was more favorable towards Abel and Cain. So Cain kills his brother and and God appears and he's speaking to Cain. He says, Cain, where is your brother? Like his dead body cannot be that far away. He says, Cain, where is your brother? And Cain says, am I my brother's keeper? He, He responds in pride and God's like, now I know where you're at. And now you know where you're at. Yeah. And his punishment follows. Oof. Like, so we want to be like Peter in answering the call, but... When the doubt comes, we have to remember that Christ is never going to abandon us to drown. It might feel like that, and that's what we like we talked about earlier with the, the lies of the enemy. Satan's going to say, oh, Peter, Peter, you can't do this. Peter, you're not God. Right. You're not Jesus. You can't walk on water, too. You're going to fall. Can you even swim? I hope so. And like, I hope you don't, actually. Yeah, I hope you don't. I, I hope you die. Like that's, that's the heart of the enemy, and Jesus knows that, and that's why he came in such an intimate way to physically pull Peter from the water. He didn't say, waters part, Peter be free, which he could have. He could have parted the waters and Peter would have been saved. But instead he comes and he grabs Peter and pulls him out of his doubt. It's like, oh, like what? Reminds me of the prodigal son, bro, where the father meets the sons. Yes. Okay. But like, I can't can't go there. We can't keep doing this. So sorry. Yeah. So again, another disclaimer, like Michael and I, this is how we talk about the (laughs) Bible. Every single time we talk about it. Like we might not have like references for everything. um, Mm. But so like when we're like, oh, but this happens this part and this like we might be able to give you a book but like a lot of the stories about jesus are repeated in a different few different places in the gospel so sometimes we'll say oh when jesus said this in the gospels we're like we may not have like an exact reference because we didn't plan to bring it up right um but look it up find it in the bible like it's it's you know it's a nice little exercise and searching through your bible but like genesis 4 if you want to find cain genesis two and three if you want to find out some stuff about what we the talked about adam, adam the fall. Yeah. I'm, I'm be honest i couldn't tell you where peter walking on water is off the top of my head in scripture but it is in there i promise i would we wouldn't like be like oh make up some story and say jesus said it that is not where our hearts Dude, are at if you had the U version app uh, uh on oh, your just phone search just it. hit that little magnifying Sweet. glass thing and search that sucker anyhow michael <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so getting back to James and what he's tra- what the Lord is saying through mm. the scripture of James, if we need to ask God for wisdom with all trust that he will respond however he sees fit by his own will, how do we grow in that trust and diminish the doubt? What's a, like a way that we can mm. actively do that? For me, it's to write the vision down and make it plain. I know Habakkuk says, write the vision down on tablets and make it plain. Mm-hmm. Write that prayer down and make it plain. And then it's something you read every day. Mm. And then you tell yourself you believe it. When you read it every single day and you live by it, then there is no, there eventually will be no room for doubt. You know, it's kind of like what people, culture today will be like self-affirmations or whatever, you know, like mm. affirm yourself of all these things. And like you read those every day and then you start to like believe them. And you're like, oh, I am this, I am this, I am this. Do that, but for like prayer. Mm. And it it honestly kind of changes the way you think. Yeah. Changes the way you read the word. And then it you start trusting in God. I know for me, I trust in him in certain parts of my life way more than I used to. Sure, there is doubt time to time, but there is not doubt all the time. Mm, yeah. So yeah, as simple as that. I mean, we could elaborate on what it means to be faithful and like write the vision down and stuff. But again, we don't really have time. Yeah. But write the vision down and make it plain. Sure. 
like write what you want from God and write that prayer out. Make it plain for you. And then God, it's already been made plain for God. I totally agree. I, I wish I, I mean, I don't know if I even want to say I wish, but like a spiritual practice for me, like of journaling has never been something that I could do faithfully and regularly. I, yeah. I have done it with like journaling prayer or just journaling thoughts, which are in a way a form of communication with God form of prayer journaling just for mental health and just kind of getting stuff out of your brain and onto paper and that can be very cleansing which is i believe a spiritual practice to to you know rid your mind of distraction and doubt like we talked about um and i wish i was better at it but i just it doesn't isn't something that works for me at this point in my faith um but something that totally does um is what i like to call the dangerous prayer Ooh. oh it sounds it sounds big and churchy doesn't it <sighs> I love it. Dangerous prayer. That's a sermon title right there. Yeah. Yeah. I tell people all the time, the most dangerous prayer you can pray is a prayer of equipping. When you say, Lord, there's a trial in my life or there's not, but there may be one day, equip me to handle it Mm. in a way that is pleasing to you, not to myself. Facts. So if you're going through, maybe you just started a relationship um, with a guy or a girl that you you really like, you really want to be intentional with, uh, but you're really struggling with lust for other people who are not your partner that you've now committed to. Or maybe you're far into a romantic relationship and lust is creeping back in or it never went away. Yeah. And the way you approach that is you say, Lord, like lust is just filling my heart. Equip me to combat that daily. You better believe he's going to. Now, this isn't saying like, pray and it will happen. That's not what I'm saying. But I believe that when you pray to be equipped against temptation, that is something God wants for you. And he may not respond immediately like we talked about, Mm -hmm. but I believe it is my personal conviction that if you pray against temptation, God will equip you to combat it. And that's just something that I hold in my faith. And I've never seen it disproven. Um, Not to say that God has equipped me for everything I asked because some of the things I asked for, I didn't need. That's another little something. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry to get ASMR on you, but (laughs) I, I firmly believe that if you you go to the Lord first and you say, Lord, I'm struggling. I cannot do this alone. Like that is a prayer he wants for you and from you. And he will equip you to combat temptation. Because side note, he wants to reign your life. Yes. He wants to be the supreme authority and power and love for you. And if you can grow closer to him in combating this temptation, that's what he wants. Yeah. So if you're like, Lord, equip me, but you better believe he will. And once he does, he will expect you to act on that equipping. Hey, yo. Okay. This is a quote that is not at all from the Bible. Don't say it is because it's not, but it seems biblical. It's a Morgan Freeman quote from Bruce Almighty. Oh my Some of you might know what I'm going to say. It's a great quote because it's really insightful, though it is from a comedic movie that's in a way, many ways, mocking scripture. Something that is said in the movie is very true. Morgan Freeman, who is portraying God, says to Bruce, um, he says, when you ask God for courage, does he just give you courage or does he give you opportunities to be courageous? And I think that's how God chooses to equip us when we're combating temptation. Mm -hmm. He's not going to just take your temptation away. He may, which would be great and very easy. I think how he chooses to do it instead is say, great, here's the tools. Now go do the work. Go do my work. Yeah. Go combat that temptation. Go speak against it to other people. You now have the tools. Go. Equipping is about action. You've now been equipped. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like yeah. That was Jesus actively equipping the disciples. And the, it's the same equipping we all receive in the Spirit. But when you specifically ask God to equip you for certain things, man, that is how you go and grow and trust that he wants the best for you. 
Mm-hmm. And as you see his faithfulness, because we're humans and we, we want to see results and that's how we grow in faith, which is so tragic because that's not how scripture says we're supposed to grow in faith. Right. Uh, but it's a process. Um, and a way that we grow in faith is seeing God's faithfulness. And there's a reason it's all recorded in scripture for us to see. But that's how doubt gets diminished is when you pray in earnest for things that please God, he responds and equips you. And that's how you see his faithfulness. And that's how you become aligned with his will. Oh, and that's how you find your purpose. And that's how you find your identity. Dang. Going all the way back to verse one, son. Boom. Like, wow. Michael, that, so, I mean, that's all That's Dude, all we have for, like, that James is, 1 through 8. That is so good. Oh, my gosh, man. Ever, we talked about this two days ago to, like, plan, like, kind of where we wanted to go. Bro, we didn't talk about half Any the stuff. Any of this? <laughs> no. <laughs> we didn't talk about half the stuff. I'm like, oh, we Dang. talked about this, like, two days ago. We didn't even mention it now. But, like... That's true. But, like, man, that's the power dude. of, like, the word and how, like, constantly changing it is. We sat down to, to record and, and to pray before we started, and uh, I, I said to Michael, I was like, hey, you know, let's let's read through the verses just one more time before we start so we're, you know, they're fresh. And he's yeah. like, yeah, that's a good idea. So I read them, and I get to the end, and I was like, Michael... <laughs> How, how did, did I not? This? How did I not see the second sentence of verse six? Like we read it intentionally, and there, like I have no doubt, like we, like God was was present with us when we read this on Wednesday together. Oh, spoiler! Uh, uh, we <laughs> timeline. Oh, they know when we're recording. <laughs> but the things He gave us then, and the ga- things He gave us today, are different, and that is so beautiful. So good. Like, oh my gosh, is goodness, man. Dude, but yeah, like as far as like James goes, that's all we have. That's um, all we have for the first eight verses the of the entire eight, book. Yeah, almost an hour of talking. Yeah. Well, Michael, do you have anything um, to just like lift up some praise about? Like, is yeah, I mean, don't feel pressured, but like, is there anything you want to just share with the faith community that, that God's been doing with you or for you? That's a good question. It's kind of thrown out of the blue, honestly. Yeah, he didn't know I was going to ask him that. Yeah, no. I feel like you know God is prepping my heart for a the next season. And I have no idea what that next season looks like or what it's going to be. And there are some opportunities coming that God might give me. God might just be saying, hey, where's your heart at when I Mm. offer you this opportunity? Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's kind of exciting. I just feel like I'm also getting down and like starting to get excited about classes this semester. I'm taking theology and then Christian ethics. So it's really fun to talk about that. But I don't know. God's goodness just keeps popping up in my life all the time. And it's just like, ugh so good that's what about you man god is so good um facts i forget that Mm -hmm. far too many days a week but i think when when i sat down and was thinking about very recently um as part of an assignment actually which seems weird but praise god for christian education and the blessing that it is i actually love it Mm. but yeah as part of an assignment it was like reflect on like where are you in your journey to sanctification and i was like oh yikes where the heck am i dude where am i with god where am i with holiness like am i striving for righteousness and as i was reflecting on it i was like i suck at striving for holiness and righteousness but god is still pushing me in that direction in love i don't know how to describe how that feels to you guys if you haven't experienced that but when there's a feeling and it's like christians can talk really like existentially or like metaphorically like when i tell you like the presence of the spirit is a tangible feeling i don't mean like i feel a hug from the spirit that's I like not goosebumps yeah like that's not what i mean although I mean, that's a valid feeling that sure. people get yeah like the spirit like presents itself in different ways to different people but when i tell you that walking with the spirit feels different than walking alone i mean it and like the way that i felt the spirit like with me um is in the opportunity to take the classes that i'm taking and that sounds like oh he's you know he's a christian student but like my minor is is biblical study so of course i expected theology and i was really excited for it 
but I went from classes, um, survey classes. So for people that don't know, um, like an Old Testament survey or a New Testament survey or a survey of this or that, it's just like an overview of a big chunk of scripture that a professor or PhD will walk you through and you know give you a brief brief overview the classes i'm taking now at the end of the minor like christian character formation and like gospel and acts which is a sort of survey class but it's a smaller portion of scripture so you get a more in-depth understanding and like right. the opportunity to take those classes and um engage in spiritual discipline i i use a lot of words it's bad but like yeah. <laughs> my point is uh god is great because spiritual discipline is hard like i've mentioned the book earlier that we're reading and the professor that I've been blessed with and the classmates I've been blessed with who are so eager to be boldly vulnerable and just let the Lord tear them open every day in front of other people. Like it's such a blessing to be around people and working with people who want to become righteous and mm. want to strive for holiness and godliness through spiritual discipline. Like spiritual discipline is not something I was familiar with at all, but I was raised Lutheran and the church I went to, um, from my perspective as a child, spiritual discipline was not something I got out of my experience there. I didn't know that was something that people did get out of church until I got to college. And I was like, whoa. And I didn't know if that was just a result of where I was at in my faith. Like I wasn't a spiritually mature person at all. Um, I was a very new to Christianity. Not to say you can't be mature at the beginning of your faith life, but I was not. And spiritual discipline was just something that was so foreign to me. I was like, oh, that's the stuff that like monks and nuns do, right? Was like the regular prayer yeah. and the scripture lessons. They their whole life to it. Yeah, like that's what that means. And then I got to college and it was like, no, like spiritual discipline is just practices that are meant to bring you closer to godliness. It's such a beautiful thing and I, it's such a blessing that like the Lord saw fit to reveal that to me at this point in my walk when mm. I need spiritual discipline, you know? For those of you who don't know, um, I am getting married in hey, a few months. Yo. That's exciting, man. And like getting ready to like become not just a man um, living for God, like in his own self, like I'm going to be leading a household in faith. And that's a, that's a big deal. That's a big responsibility. And it's something I was not equipped for when I got engaged which was not that long ago, you know, it was a few months ago. And that I think was a wake up call for me that God was like, you need some discipline, man. And you don't have it. I was like, oh no. Isn't it crazy that you took this class now instead yes. of last semester? I know I almost took it last semester. I almost took it last year, but I was like, mm, no. And I chose to take it now and like, praise God for his, his role in that selection. I'm like, oh, I could talk all day. I yeah, won't. You honestly um, could. I could, I could, but I won't. <laughs> but it's great. It's uh, good. Because, you know, you guys listening, you don't want to sit here this long yeah. uh, this is probably gonna be two parts anyway <laughs> yeah but man Michael, dude god is so good so good it's ridiculous how good he is yeah if you guys have any prayer requests yeah uh you can either uh throw them in the comments down below and we'll definitely be praying for you or if you want to just keep it private we actually have an email set up mm. and that's proverbs and parables pc at gmail.com. It'll be in the description below. Ready Boom. to pray us out? Let's do it. All um, right. I'll, I'll open it up. You want to close it out? I would love to, man. So, okay, last side note, I promise. Oh my God. <laughs> if, you, if you are in the spiritual habit, which I hope you are of praying with other people, because um, it's it's so like fruitful um, to pray with community and like specific like small groups if you're sitting and you're like am i gonna pray or are they gonna pray like who's gonna like who's gonna pray who's gonna like get into the habit of asking if they want to open or close like if it's one other person dude that's good like sit down yeah. and be like hey do you want to like open this conversation with god or do you want to close it so then there's not like this okay i prayed and now i'm not gonna say amen yet in case they want to say something so i'll just pause um and you can say amen at the end of your own prayer and yeah. then let you know switch and then at the end it's like and amen together. I think that's so beautiful. But yeah, yeah, get in that habit. It's been really freaking awesome in my spiritual life recently, like within the last week. But anyway, um, I love you it. want me to so open? Like, you, dude, I'll, you I'll open. Yeah, sure. Open. I don't I'll know. Close. Oh man. Father God, 
your, your goodness is immeasurable. Um, your grace is unfathomable. Lord, we, we thank you that you provided this space, this time, and this opportunity for Michael and I to uh, just get together and at the very least, if you could even call it that, just talk to each other um, in your presence about you and what you're doing and what you've promised to do. Um, and at best, Lord, uh, reach it one person um, who mm. may listen to this and you know hear something um, that you use to communicate to them a need uh, of in their life or a want of your own heart for them. Um, I ask that you would grant Michael and I, as well as anybody who's out there listening to this, um, at any point in the future, whether it be next week or next year or who knows how long from now, the internet um, is such a blessing in that it, it never really goes away. Um, so this is going to be out there for a long time, and I, I hope it you continue to use it. Um, but I ask that you would grant all of us faith, bold faith, um, a faith mm-hmm. that does not waver in the storm, Mm-mm. and that you would give us the boldness to ask for prayer when we need it and pray for others when they are in need, um, you know, and to find value in just communion with you and, and to sit in your presence and know that you are God and there's no place for doubt in a body that is filled with the spirit. God, just so good. You're so, so good. Um, I also just want to pray that, you know, people who do suffer for your name, that they would count it all is joy and that you would just revive their souls when they're feeling down yeah you're you're so good god and i pray that anybody who is out there trying to struggle where they are finding themselves in the kingdom of this earth or the kingdom of god and where they fall that in all their ways that they would acknowledge you and that you would make their path straight um lord just thank you for all the listeners who've made it to this point in the podcast um yeah, and I just pray that you just continue to bless the listeners and bless us and bless this podcast for years to come. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, good talk. <laughs> good talk. Shalom. Shalom. Oh. oh, that was so good. Oh, man. Hey, guys, it's Michael. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you're really encouraged by today's talk. If you want to help us get the gospel message out to more people, hit that like button or send this episode to a friend. And if you want more, hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to know when we post. Want to connect with us? Email us any questions or concerns at proverbsandparablespc at gmail.com. Again, that is proverbsandparablespc at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Catch you in the next episode. Shalom.